0: Philippians, and uh, chapter two, Philippians chapter two, and uh, we will read from uh, verse one through to verse thirteen. Philippians uh, chapter two, and I will be uh, reading from the ESV. And the Bible reads as follows. to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. May the Lord add blessing to the preaching of his word. Now, a few weeks ago when I preached, I brought uh, to your attention that God is creating in us what the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, which was my text, a workmanship created in Christ Jesus beforehand. And what I sought to do was to show that God is intent on uh, making something Uh, usable for his purposes. This uh, afternoon, I want to draw your attention to verse 13. Still keeping the same thought, but moving us uh, a step further, and that is the fact that God has created this that is beautiful, this that is usable, and now God works in us He uses us to work out his will. And the text, therefore, that I bring to your attention is uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good uh, pleasure. Now, you do know that uh, the epistle to the Philippians, among uh, many other things, in particular, appeals for Christian unity with an attitude that says we are all together in, in Christ. And uh, this is what the Apostle Paul does. But he does so in showing us there is, that there is an element of human responsibility that uh, we, we must have and that element of human responsibility is drawn from the fact of uh, saving faith showing itself in practical ways. That our life together in the Lord Jesus Christ is a life that shows true salvation. And that's why in verse 12, he would say, therefore, and this therefore comes from what he shows as the example of our Lord Jesus Christ, which should exemplify our life uh, together. And therefore, God indeed has brought us to salvation. We must work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Not that we should end our salvation, but rather that we should show our salvation. In other words, there is the aspect of what God has done in us, and there is the aspect of what we do in getting things done in our midst and in maintaining this uh, unity, but also in showing this unity through the same attitude that was uh, in our Lord Jesus Christ. So the near context of our text, which is verse 12, shows uh, the human responsibility that we ought to actually uh, uh, express uh, on our own and for ourselves but in the context of ourselves together in particular as 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 a church seeing that uh, Paul was writing to the church in Philippi in verse 13 he says for which means because of this it is because god works in us both to will and to do for his good uh, pleasure. And his working in us is, is, is for his good pleasure. It is for that which uh, pleases him. And it is for that which generally operates within us to be able to express the practical implications of uh, saving faith, the practical implications of our faith uh, together. And there are three important things concerning this that our text brings out. And I'll use the very phrases of this text to bring out these things. And, and they are important. And the first one is in the very first phrase of our text. It says, for it is God who works in you. It is God. Dear friends, at the very outset, I want you to, to keep in mind The context of uh, this text. And uh, the context of this text is that the apostle Paul was uh, bringing uh, these truths to a group of people. And therefore he says, I thank God, as he starts his letter, in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership." In the gospel from the first day until now and he's talking about uh, their partnership with him not as individuals but collectively together his partnership with them and he speaks about the advance of uh, the gospel how that indeed uh, they have lived together and they have advanced the cause of the gospel together with him and he shows them that to live is Christ essentially and then he comes to to this aspect of uh, that we see Christ's example of uh, humility now normally humility is not in isolation humility is in the context of one another in the context of your life together and if you are humble and you are living like a hermit alone uh, nothing can be said of your humility Humility is when you are together as as a body. And Apostle Paul here says we ought to have the mind of Christ. And therefore, I want you to keep this in mind. It's very important for what I will say following this because it is in the context of, of these things. And that's why immediately in verse 14, he says, do all things without grumbling or questioning that you may be blameless and innocent children of God again, he still has this sense of uh, uh, togetherness, the plurality of the sense of belonging to one another and of being uh, to, to, together. And, and therefore, he says, for it is God who works in you. And therefore, in you there has more the sense of the plurality that uh, he's talking about, the togetherness. Granted that indeed we can use this text to be able to show that God does work in us individually, and that is what he does all the while, but we need to keep within the context of our text. And therefore, it is, it is God. It is God. And like I've said, he comes now to, to this to show that it is God. It is God himself. God who has brought them to salvation, God who indeed has brought them together, this same God is the God who works in them. The God who brings the salvation uh, and the God who ensures that there are practical outworkings of uh, the salvation that he brings to the extent that Indeed, we're urged to, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling because, for, it is God who works in us. Now, this, this word, works, is, is of great significance, and we need to understand what he is saying uh, here. And the original words of this text has the meaning of providing enablement. The Greek word for for this, I'm told, is a word which means energizes, and actually the word energy that we have in our English language comes from the Greek word for energy, uh, which is the word that is used uh, here, and it is a word that gives the, the meaning of uh, being provided with the necessary energies, the enable, enablement, so to speak. So in here, what we are told is, is that it is God who in us gives us the necessary energy, the energy, uh, to, uh, to to work. And so, when uh, the apostle was writing and the word enagon in the Greek was used, it had this sense of energies within you, but actually these energies actually working in the real sense of uh, uh, the word. And therefore, uh, it is from a verb, a verb that is active, a verb that is indeed doing. And it is the word that means that energy is from the other source. It is not the energy that is within us, but rather it is the energy that is from God. It is the energy of God. We've got bulbs that are giving us light in here, those bulbs draw their energy from the electricity current that is indeed pumped on to the element that is producing the light. The element itself has got no energy. When you switch off that energy, the electricity that comes to the, the lighting system that you have, there will be no light. And it's the same sense here, that God himself is the one who provides for us into us the necessary energy. The energy that indeed produces work in us. The Apostle Paul would give the same sense about this energy in Colossians uh, chapter 1 when he says in verse 29 he, he, he says this, for this I toil struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. And the Apostle Paul, therefore, would be able to see that that energy with which he toils is an energy that God himself powerfully works within him. And this is what the Apostle Paul would have as he writes to the Philippians here. It is this energy that he powerfully works within us. And this is a sense even where our salvation comes from. Remember in John chapter 3, the Lord Jesus Christ in his conversation says this, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people have the darkness rather than light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and doesn't come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that the works have been carried out in God. And so the works are carried out in God because God infuses within us his power to do the works. And therefore, in the first place, I'm underlining the fact that our desire to do God's work. And the fact that we do God's work, it is not because we have this championship energy within us that works, or rather that we, we, we work better than any other so that uh, we're able to fulfill uh, all these things, but it is rather that when we are saved, God works in us. God indeed gives us the, the, the energies for us to do God's work. And you see immediately, you see immediately that we do not have an excuse to fail to work, to fail to do God's work. We do not have the excuse. And we do not have the excuse in whatever circumstance that you find yourself in. You do not have the excuse whether you are in a situation of poverty or you are in a situation of plenty. Whether you've just become a Christian today or you've been a Christian all your years. The energy that works in a mature Christian is the same energy that works in a Christian who has just been born again. And I think the book of Acts is a fitting illustration of this that the Apostle Paul, having just become a Christian, we see him out on missionary journeys and we see him bequeathing to the church these things that we are considering together. And it is things that are indeed deep. Things that indeed can only be spiritually descend. And this is the fact that God works. And notice uh, again, I repeat, that the word that is used here is, is a word that has this present aspect, active aspect, for it is God who works in you. And there is no maybe he works in you. And there is no if you do this and that and the other thing, God will work in you. This text takes all this for granted that you have worked out your salvation with fear and trembling. And indeed, God works in you. Do you notice from verse 12 to verse 13, the development When he says, therefore, having encouraged them that God is highly exalted and indeed that he has bestowed on Jesus Christ the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. He says, therefore... Because of these things that God himself has done, particularly the things that he has done in the Lord Jesus Christ, because of this, notice that, one, you should always obey. Number two, that you should work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Number three, it is because God is working in you. And so your obedience, like we, we saw last Sunday from this same pulpit in the morning, that our obedience is, is, is evidence of our salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And actually the preacher man intimated that our salvation will find its practical outworking in practical aspects. And here is the answer. It is because God is, is, is working in you. And the Lord Jesus Christ, in talking about salvation in John chapter 3, he says that his works are carried out in you. That is the works of God. And friends, the the, the power of God is, is an unstoppable power. You cannot stop it. And as we shall see in a moment, the purposes of God cannot be stopped cannot be thwarted. So it is God who works in you. But let us underline that he works in us. He works in us collectively as a body of believers and that is why the church of our Lord Jesus Christ is a militant church. It is a church that is not idle. It is not a church that is shut away in a a little corner. When the the first church in the Book of Acts was shut away, what we do see, when therefore the Spirit was poured out on them, oh, the gospel went far and wide. And every day there were those who were being added to their number. And this is what the church is. Because God works in the church. And I want to say, even in times of COVID, God will work in the church. And therefore, I want to say that even in circumstances such as these, somehow or other, God will still make us militant while we maintain all these protocols necessary for our good health, within these protocols, surely God will work. Surely God will work. Somehow or other. And also, with all these media aspects available for us, all these virtual platforms, all this modernity that we have, this modernity is not because of anything, this development and uh, these uh, media platforms that we have, it's not because we're more intelligent, but because God bequeathes to us and gives to us the necessary knowledge to discover that indeed you can speak to somebody who is indeed several kilometers away from him, and you can even still see him face to face on a screen. And, dear friends, God, therefore, will work, and his purposes will not be shut away. But also, let us underline, he works in us as individuals. It is God who works in you. It is God who works in me. And therefore, practically, I will not subtract to the work of the church but rather, I will be a necessary energy. This working is an energy. I will be a necessary energy available for God to use in the present circumstance. But dear friends, let's move on. We notice that it is God who works in us, he works in you, both to will and to work. Both to will and and to work. Other versions say both to will and to do. But actually, the correct rendering is to will to do his work. Or to will to do work. In other words, it is God who makes us to think through these things. To be able to actually, uh, you know, reminiscent and think how I can be of use In this world and while we do so it is God who moves us he moves us uh, to to will he moves us to think through uh, issues in the book of Acts 17 verse 20 says in him we live in him we live and move in him and have our being in him, we, we live, we move, and have our being. In him, in, in, in the Lord Jesus Christ, in God himself. And this, he gives us the energy, the internal energy, to be able to will. You know, he, this therefore means that he goes to the very center of our being to our heart of hearts and influences us there. And that is where God operates, influencing us there and making us to will uh, his uh, will. You know, in John chapter 8, when they answered him, the Lord Jesus Christ, that Abraham is our father, you remember what he, he said to them, In John chapter 8, verse 39, he says, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. The works that Abraham did were works that came from the relationship that uh, Abraham had with his God, with uh, his uh, father. And the Lord Jesus Christ, in John chapter 9, verse 4, would say to us, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, night is coming, when no one uh, can work. Do you remember the context of that? It was when he was with uh, the Samaritan woman at the well. And when his disciples came, and they were saying, eat something, And before this, he said, I have work to do for which you know nothing about. And he would want us to have the same. That's why he says, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Now, Christians are those that have been sent by God himself. We've been commissioned, and we know that for a fact. And talking about that, we can all repeat the Great Commission even without even referring to uh, the text of the Great Commission. Go. That go is a word that we know is a command from God himself that he doesn't want us to be idle in this world, but rather he wants us uh, to go. And where he wants us to go is to go where God enables us to will, to think through. But more than that, it is where God enables us to actually do work. A Christian, a Christian is not an idle person. A Christian has the energy of God within him. A Christian is not one who fails to serve God. A Christian is not one who fails to do the will of God. I gave illustration earlier on of a light bulb. As long as that light bulb is a proper light bulb, once you infuse it with electricity, it will light up. A Christian once infused with the proper energy of God, he will be sought and light in the world. You will be. Because God works in you, both to will and to work. Friends, You you notice the completeness of this text. It's a text that says, within the thought process, God will work. Within the outworking of that thought process, God will work. Or in other words, the process that is internal will be influenced by God himself. And the process of actually now doing the work will also be influenced by God himself. It will be with so much energies that nothing will stop the process. Pause for a moment and ask yourself, what energy is that? It is the energy of God. It's the power of God, whereby... He created everything by the power of His word, and upholds all things by the power of His word. And that same power is the energy that is uh, with you uh, here. Do you notice why the Apostle Paul would put what we read on earlier on? that for this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. In his letter to the Philippians, the Apostle Paul, as he talks about the advancement of uh, the gospel, he has uh, these things in, uh, in uh, chapter 1. And before he comes to that, he has this aspect of giving thanks uh, to God. And he says this in verse 6. He says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, all that he has started to do in you, it will indeed be completed. And that's why he would say later in verse 14 of chapter 1, he says, and most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Much more bold to speak the word without fear. Because they come to realize that even the imprisonment of Paul, by the way, he wrote the book of Philippians from prison, that even the imprisonment of Paul is still God working in Paul. And to the extent that indeed as he is working, he would send the brother they had sent to him to minister to him, he would send them, he would send him back to them and he, he would say that indeed he was yearning for you. He, 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 he wanted uh, all this all the while. And he would say that I rejoice in the Lord uh, towards the end of uh, uh, his letter in chapter 4. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need. For I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and how to be abound, how to abound in any and every circumstance. Do you know why he's doing he's saying all these things? It is this I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's the apostle Paul. I can do all things through him who, who strengthens me. And he started from this, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Friends, God will enable you to will and uh, to do. And all the while, in the third place, therefore, you will do notice that all this is for his good pleasure. It is intended and is limited to the results that God himself has planned. His own good pleasure means for his own glory, like we saw uh, the other time from Ephesians chapter 2. That indeed, we are his, his, his workmanship, dear friends, and God is, is working and creating in us so that we should walk in the works that he prepared beforehand. For his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. And the Apostle Paul would come to this and say, all this, it is for his good uh, pleasure. It is for his good pleasure, dear friends. It is so that God's will may be... Uh, Indeed, be done. The Apostle Paul would say he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. And that purpose of his will includes working in us. Working in us. James would say of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits. Of his creation. Oh friends, this is what God is doing, and this is what he has brought us to. Our catechism would ask what is the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And that is from the aspect that indeed you would glorify him, but knowing that indeed you are his workmanship and that through you he works both to will and uh, to do. And therefore, God has chosen for us and for, uh, sorry, for himself a people, a people to bring glory uh, to himself. We are created uh, for his uh, glory. We are. That's what the prophet Isaiah says. Let me read it to you quickly. It is in my notes. Isaiah chapter 43, 6 to 7. I will say to the earth, to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar, and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. We are the people whom God has created, whom God has made, whom God has saved at great cost through our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul would say, being confident of this, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, will bring it to completion, rather until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, God's purposes must not be thwarted. God's purposes today must be fulfilled, for he works in us. And God's purposes in this church must be fulfilled. There is a plan of God, dear friends. As I come to a close, let me say this. There is a plan of God. And God's plan extends from the time he created to the time he will fold up history. Providentially and by his grace, he has included us in that plan. And he works that plan. And therefore, he will work in us. Here, he will work in you. And God is able, as the Apostle Paul says, to make all grace abound toward you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Yes, you yourself that you may abound in every good work and you will abound in every good work. Because there is the energy of God that indeed he has passed on to you and it will be done. And friends, my emphasis today is that it will be done even in this present circumstance. John Calvin, concerning this, he would say the whole course of our life If we live aright, is regulated by God, and that too from His unmerited goodness. Do you see, friends? God equips us for His purposes, and God equips us for His purposes to be worked out. Therefore, we will be a militant church, and. None of us should subtract from that militance that God himself gives to us. We, therefore, must wear God. Friends, as we come to the close, we see clearly that God uses human efforts, therefore. But it is a privilege that he uses human effort. But that human effort, when it has been exerted, it, you notice it is a, an effort that come from God. And therefore, His will will be done. His will will be done today. In the midst of all these things, His will will be done tomorrow. God Himself is going to make us abound in all things because his grace will abound uh, towards us that we will indeed abound in every good work because it is God who works in us both to will and to do to work for his good pleasure let us pray our father in heaven what a joy for us to know, therefore, that in whatever circumstance we are, when we are saved, O oh God, you work in us, both individually and as a church, and that, O oh God, your purposes must be fulfilled, or oh, cause your grace, therefore, to abound towards us, each one of us, O oh God, here that, O oh God, indeed, your will may be done that we may indeed abound in every good work, O God, and that every good work that we do, therefore, will be that which is for your own good pleasure. And do this, O God, and cause that this will be true in our midst, because we ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.